Hello and welcome to Shoot the Piano Player, a French New Wave podcast. Uh, this episode is a conclusion to our 1968 uh, pairing. And, oh, okay, first, uh, also I've said in the previous episode, it's, this will come out in March, I meant May. I was tired, it was late, it happens. So, this is, uh, recording this the week that, uh, that the newest collaboration between Yad um, and the the God Fahim came out. Uh, uh, the Yad Fahim, which is a great um, uh, hip hop album, uh, which is a couple months old by the time you hear this, but it's a great album to to pick up if you're into like the New York uh, like gritty, rough hip hop stuff. Uh huh. It's not. I, it's not on my my Spotify list. Well, maybe give their shot. I'm still trying to get over Kendrick. Okay, I don't. By get okay. over, I mean like really analyze it. Well, uh, this is a little harder edge than Kendrick. So you're saying they're not going to win like a what do mm. you win? A Grammy or something. No, no, it wasn't a grand. Like he won like a. No, this isn't conscious hip hop. It's just like, it's closer to battle rap, but it still is uh, very, but still like a lot of lyricism and good wordplay. But it's also mm. like not trying to be mainstream or, uh, not mainstream. Uh, it's just like it's like that hardcore hip hop thing that like. It hasn't really translated into the mainstream that much here and there, but it kind of never really uh, can really translate to like top forty type stuff like Kendrick can translate into. Sure, not like uh, half white people like me can get into. Yeah, <clears throat> uh, whatever. That's besides the point. So this episode is on Teorama. The Pasolini film, the fifth Pasolini film. Theorem. Yes, in English. And, uh, well, first, um, do you know anything about Pier Paolo Pasolini? Well, I know he wore sunglasses. But uh, based on the Italian movies, I've seen a lot of Italian men wear sunglasses, especially if they want to look cool, which works. Um, I know he was killed, and it was slightly mysterious, but I think you have said that it's not that mysterious, but, I, yeah. I have my, I have my personal theory, but it's... I think you like directors who have been <laughs> murdered before their time, because you also like, uh, uh, what's his name who did, uh, Tampopo. Oh, <laughs> Oh, uh, Juzo Itami. Yeah. Uh, it was suicide. It wasn't murder. Wait, what? Alleged. Uh, the report says suicide. There's speculation it might not be suicide, but uh, the, the people involved, you know, say it was suicide, so I'd rather go along with that. Alright. In case this gets out and those people hear it. Those people. Yeah, yeah. The feds. Uh, yeah. No, but so what? But Pasolini. Well, get like the ugly part out of the way. His murder was he was run over by his own car several times. His testicles were crushed with a with a, some sort of like metal grip, and his body was burned. Uh, so accident. Um. Yeah, so he was going to see, because uh, you probably, not sure if you knew this or not, but Pasolini was a gay communist atheist, and he was very out and open with um, with all of that. I'm okay with everything except for the communist part. Uh, socialist, that's fine. No, oh. <laughs> but uh, he got kicked out of the Italian Communist Party for being openly gay, because I guess... Oh, yeah. uh, it it can only be a hetero thing, or I see. something. And but, 
he made movies. Yes, and um, and so basically, when he died, he was going to see um, a gigolo sex worker, and uh, it's uh, and there's speculation that maybe the police or military were involved in getting because he was a very uh uh, uh big pop uh, a big figure in pop culture like he wasn't. Like it was like John Waters in the seventies, like just out gay weirdo. Like he was a big deal, and like like the major newspapers and like news stories were like uh, would talk about him because he was a uh, you know like a, a big cultural outspoken. figure. Yeah, very outspoken. He's like that uh, one author in Breathless that it's like, why are they interviewing this fucking? <laughs> oh yeah, the the Melville cameo mm-hmm. and uh so there's a lot of mystery surrounding uh passing his death uh, uh the 17 year old at the time claimed he did it but then years decades later he said it was false and he died a couple of years ago so mm-hmm. we don't really know what part he played as far as mm-hmm. i looked into it and then I don't know. It's it's a mystery. I I think the police or military might be involved because he was so outspoken, and at that point in time, Italy was coming more fascist, which is what Salo, the movie that was hasn't premiered yet, was openly about. It's about Italy becoming more fascist. Mm. They seem to like doing that. Uh, yeah. So, um, Pasley and he. I try to like look up stuff about his life, but he lived uh, a very crazy, out there life, and all, all the basic stuff is you know like he was kind of a Renaissance man. He did film. He was a playwright. He was an actor. He was a writer. He was like uh, involved in politics and is uh, involved in a whole lot of different things. Mm-hmm. You, you couldn't pin him down to just one. Uh, just one lane, and sure. he didn't start making movies until he was in his forties. Uh-huh. and before that, he just uh, had it. Yeah, he didn't I, start I, doing this until he was in his forties. Um, maybe late thirty, the sixty. He was born in the twenties. That is the most inspirational thing I've I've heard in years. Thank you very much. I think he is he's around forty when his first movie came out. But still, Let's yeah. See, uh, can you hear the siren in the background? Uh, yeah. I wonder how close it's gonna get. Hold on, I'm gonna mute my mic until it passes. All right. But uh, <clears throat> uh, but where is my stuff? Okay, and like uh, you can kind of break down. I I found this piece from the BFI that broke down his career. With um, you could break down like uh, his first few movies were very focused on theology and Christianity, and then he's Italian. Yeah, and like uh, because most famously the Gospel according to Matthew, which I hear is a very good one, which is next on my list of watching at some point mm-hmm. and then it, then it moved into more like philosophical and like like uh kind of stuff like like Teorama was like the second phase and the third phase was like literature adaptations mm-hmm. which is what, what Sala was a part of because there's a circle trilogy of life before that and then Sala was a trilogy of death but mm. he didn't live to complete the trilogy of death. <clears throat> well, how is it a trilogy of death if he didn't complete it? You can't call a trilogy of death unless the trilogy happened. Well, that was the plan, apparently, and but that didn't. Uh, it's it's like uh, Cirque du Freak, the Vampire's <laughs> Assistant. You can't call that a series of movies. There was only one. Yeah, I guess so. But. Uh, uh, and even though so, he w- uh, did he did he make any good movies? No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Solo is a good movie. Uh, oh, I don't want to cover it because uh, 
Because um, you'd have to make me watch it. Yeah, but also, and I'd be angry. I don't even know how to really get. It's similar to Teorama where it's it's very obvious and on the nose with some stuff, but some of it is just like, I can't really parse this exactly. Mm. And uh, and uh, Martin Kessler did a really good episode on FlixWise last year on it. Mm-hmm. Or two years ago. Um, yeah. But, uh, Do you think Martin would be mad if I called him Marty? No. Yeah, he seems like an affable guy. It's completely unrelated. So, uh, what era did Theorem come out, uh, according to what you were saying about Pasolini? It's the second phase after the heavy focus on religion. Oh, this has a big focus on religion, but it's um, to to a smaller degree compared to the previous movie, which was, I think the previous one, or uh, was the Gospel according to Matthew, mm. which, from what I understand, is like, what if you did a, like a, tr- a movie of the of the Gospel, but it was kind of communist and leftist? Oh, you mean like it was kind of socialist? Like Jesus was like somebody who like helped the poor or something? Uh, yeah, a little bit like that. That's that's hilarious. <laughs> that could never happen here. Let's see. Uh, no, man. Jeez, theorem was uh, what sixty eight? Yes, sixty eight. Try to put on my glasses here. Sixty eight and gospel according to Mark was all the way in sixty four. In between, he looks like he had some documentary stuff, but howls and or oh, hawks and sparrows. And then uh, the witches, the Oedipus Rex, and Caprice Italian style. But that one is a bunch of different directors. Um, But Oedipus, the story of Oedipus and Theorem, like, yeah, I can see those two going together. Yeah, and there's Pigsty, I think it's called. That I hear is even more obtuse. Which um, which what do you mean by obtuse? Uh, it's like it's even even more like uh like like I don't want to say artsy, but like it's more like it's even more I hear even more of an art film and more uh just not clear. Not, not you f- clear. you feel like uh, an obtuse movie is trying to make a point possibly to the detriment of a movie as a medium hmm not exactly it's just more like a movie like like Teorama like I like it I don't love it and and I'm still trying to piece together because I watched it a couple months ago I'm still trying to piece together my feelings on it and what I think of it still hmm I've seen it twice, and so it's kind of coming coming together more. But I'm still trying to just figure out like why I really trying to just figure out like yeah why I really think of it. Mm-hmm. Pretty much all of them say like you can sum up this. All of them say like you can sum it up in like very quickly, but it's really hard to really uh, get into like what it, what uh, what it is. To them because like it's just so okay i don't know i, I, I don't know so here's here's what i'm thinking here's okay. i i i did a you know basic wikipedia imdb like looking at things so i didn't i didn't delve deep i didn't even watch the stuff that's on criterion right now with uh, I think somebody and there's like a 16 minute video where an uh, actual film expert talks about uh, this movie, but to me, I, it's labeled as a drama and a mystery, as its genres. To me, it was a hundred percent a dark comedy, hmm. and it's like it reminded me of the same way. 
some other Italian movies from around here feel like. Like, I don't think... Uh, is he actually Italian, isn't it? Like, um, it's, a co-production. Yeah, co-production. Like, it's Italy, France, and maybe, like, Greece or something. Greece, yeah, I think. Yeah, but that, like, there's this dark theme, sense of humor going through it. And, like, even something as as far back as Umberto D has this, like, dark sense of humor about it. And because I didn't know what kind of movie this was, like I said, I thought I thought you were making me watch one of the movies where uh, we're supposed to just be okay with kids getting done. But that's, there's, you can't really tell what the age, like, I assume these are probably high school kids. So is it inappropriate? Yes. Is it a big deal? No, because you're not, like, seeing anything. No, you get an insert but, shot, but like, okay, oh, the, the daughter, um, uh, yeah. and sure, look up how say that last name. It's like a Polish looking last name. Anyway, um, she was, uh, she's in Weekend and she was married to Godar at the time. Mm. She was the wife after, um, and, uh, the daughter? Yes, yeah, so the redhead daughter in the movie. She's the wife after Anna Corinne. No. The one who looks like Shelley Duvall? Yes. Okay. She's 20 at the time. And she kind of mm-hmm. looks like, uh, you know, I'm trying to think the, uh, uh, Godard's muse for the first few movies. What's her name? Mm-hmm. Not Corinne. In a, Cor- I always think get the name wrong. What she died. Fuck? Like, she died last year. So she was a Princess. Oh, she stars in Al Hazar Balthazar. Yeah. Uh, you're saying she looks like somebody who died last year? It's, um. What? Anna Karina? Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, don't, I, I, I don't think she looks like Anna Karina, but I can see what you're saying. No, anyway, uh, she was the wife after Anna Karina and Godard oh, good, divorced. Godard. Yeah. I see. How many wives does Godard have? Probably a couple more after that, and I feel like he probably has a type of like he's young, the man who loves women. Of like young model, um, like dark hair, like they, like I can see that they look similar enough. Where it's like I, he, it's probably uh, his type. But, sure. Uh, uh, that move. But um, I don't. What, so, do you like this movie? I like it more now that I think of it as a dark comedy. Uh, when we when I was first watching it with Sarah, uh, I just thought we both thought it was weirdly paced and weirdly shot, and I was like, okay, I'm kind of trying trying to go along with whatever's going on here. Uh, Spencer said this is somebody who's who's gonna have sexual relations with the family. That's it's kind of inaccurate. Like it is, it is the literally the description of what happens, I guess. But you never. He's just, you know, he's kind of like smooching on some people and kind of like standing near them and taking off his pants near them. But we're we're not seeing any sexual activity because he's a apparently like a divine being, maybe. <laughs> I guess. I maybe know. he's God incarnate. Mm-hmm. I don't a fallen angel. I'm not really sure. Mm-hmm. The power of Christ compels him. Oh, and this came out, um, this is the year of the student revolts, and Pasolini was a, a, a hardened leftist, but he hated uh, the student revolts. He he disagreed with the students because they were, in his mind, the students, the, the, the children of, of the rich. Of the and bourgeois. So, yep. And he sided with the police in in that in in the in a lot of the cases, which is very fast. Which like, I mean, he he is a complicated person with sounds a lot. Like, of... uh, <laughs> uh, sounds like Frank Miller when the uh, Occupy Wall Street was going on. It's like, wait a minute, you used to no, never mind. I'm looking at your comics. You love authoritarianism. Never mind. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, yeah, uh, but I mean, also like Pasolini criticized other leftists and other communists, 
and he hated at the communist party like everyone he they wanted everyone to be the same and they kicked them out you know for for being homophobic uh, they were homophobic about homophobic. it he sounds like a dick though uh kind of I, I think I think he might have been, but I but he's an just interesting artist. At the same sure, time. sure, right, yeah. right. But you know, you can have a genius and an artist and do amazing things, but you got an asshole personality. I'm going to kick you out of my club. Yeah. But yeah, yes, it was probably, uh, yeah, because he was gay. Yeah. And like, there, like he's full of contradictions. Like he, apparently, uh. I forgot what site it was, but they said like he was, um, he found comfort in tr- in like traditional like Italian family values of like a husband and a wife, and it's like interesting, just you know, like uh, right, uh, yeah, this the the Italian standard of living, right? It's or whatever. I mean, how do I know? I've never lived in Italy, and I've never even spoken to an Italian person. Because uh, my mother told me not to, but uh, yeah, I mean, he, I'm just looking at like he's he's complicated. He can't really mm-hmm. put Pasolini into a single box of like he made he made these kind of, these kind of movies these kind of, with these kinds of political points of view. It's like well, it's not really that simple. Which well, yeah, how how blasphemic did people consider his films to be because this scene wherein a a woman suddenly begins floating above the church with her arms spread and performs a couple other miracles i could i could see why you know catholics might find this to be uh repulsive well uh adding on to the complexity of like uh him as like a artist or whatever uh the gospel according to matthew got uh vatican approved and the vatican was like yes this is the perfect and best movie about jesus in the gospels and they, and they loved it in this movie the vatican hated for being blasphemous but the international catholic jury gave it the grand award uh, for, yeah for being like a good example of like catholicism in film mm. And the Vatican hated it, and the uh, the Italian government sued uh, for um, for obscenity, but uh, Pasolini won the court case. So that means it's good. No, I don't know. Yeah, he he's a good talker. He good talker we have. Mm-hmm. Did you watch this in Italian or in English? Um, Italian. Okay, I watched it in English and then and then in Italian. <laughs> oh, that may be why I thought it was funny. Uh, pretty much half halfway through, I finally was like, "Okay, this is actually pretty." No, let me tell you. Uh, here's here's plain and simple. The scene where I was like, "I think this is supposed to be a comedy," mm-hmm. was the very practically the beginning where not the very beginning because it's got that whole giving the company to the employees thing which I think is a flash forward and then we go back to like what led him to do this wait oh I never even thought of that (laughs) yeah because he's at the end when we see him he's like driving and he's like should I give the company to the employees I mean is that is that thing you know after he's already had the experience and then, then I we see him drive away and drive to that uh, train station, I think it is. Oh. And uh, I think at that point, he's already given it away. Okay. Which is why when, in the beginning, it's in color, and then it becomes sepia-toned when we start seeing the family members for the first time. And the the sound is like, it's silent for the most part, except for the music, right? And some sort of like... Uh-huh. Yeah, David Lynch. You must have seen this movie a couple of times, like echoey kind of haunting sounds. Yeah, and uh, I think this is a poster in the apartment in Multiple Maniacs, first John Waters movie, because mm. there's a couple movie posters of like, and it's not like trashy like Carshgarn Lewis movies, even though he loved uh, HGL. It's like Pasolini posters in his in in the apartment, which was John Waters' actual apartment, 
Mm. And I, it has to be Teorama because it's kind of the uh, like the gayest one, and it would have been the easiest to access probably. Mm. That's just my. I haven't rewatched Multiple Maniac, Multiple Maniacs for to see that, uh, but uh, yeah, John Waters is like a big art film guy. Multiple Maniacs is John Waters' gayest movie. Is that what you said? Uh, have you seen Cry Baby? No, I'm just kidding. It's it, it, the first bunch are pretty gay. It's hard to say which is the most. Crybaby made me gay. Maybe that's that's what happened. I, I mistook uh, falling for Johnny Depp back in the day. Yeah. I sh- I should uh, and probably not joke about that. I'm uh, I am not gay, but uh, yeah, Johnny Depp is very pretty to look in that movie. <laughs> yeah. All right, um. Okay, so. <laughs> So, wait, what? I didn't get to tell you when I thought it was a comedy originally. Oh, wow. Uh, when did you realize it's a comedy? When the maid is watching him, you know, she's she's doing the worst raking I've ever seen anyone do. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't think, I don't know if she knows how to. And she's watching him sit in the lawn chair and the, the ash falls on his leg. And she runs, she does this kind of like weird half run half skip almost to run over there and quickly dust off the ash off his leg you know therefore the potency of his sex is is so great that when she tries to go back to work she has to she has to go take a minute to herself and i'm still with it at that point Mm -hmm. i'm still like okay i see what's going on here and then she doesn't go back to the rake she goes to the lawnmower which is once again, I don't know if she knows how to do it. <laughs> and at that that point, I'm like, wait a minute. And then she runs back into the house. And there's no hesitation. She's already made... She's like, I know what I have to do. And she sticks the gas hose into her mouth. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> that's, that's when I was like, is this funny? And, you know, followed up with him rescuing her and then that when she's when she is lifting her skirt it's it's really funny but it's also very touching because it's you can tell that this woman is is deeply excited and also <laughs> deeply afraid but she's doing it it's it's like she's being brave for her hmm. character yeah and so but anyways that's how can you not see? How can you see that scene and not think it's hilarious? <laughs> I thought it was funny both times I watched it. Let's exactly. <laughs> like it, it's it's absurd, but I like this how absurd like the whole su- seduction sequence is. Well, the first half because it's like uh, I, I I did check and it's like to the second the first half is the seduction and the second half is the aftermath. Right. Like it, it's it's very like. Uh, precise and just ha- and um, down to, uh, down to like the down to like the second on on the uh, 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 runtime. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, I think that's when they get the telegram from that. What the <laughs> fuck is that guy's problem? <laughs> uh, Angelina. <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> I like him. He, he he's fun. <laughs> He looks like a forty-year-old man or a fifty-year-old man wearing, wearing a like a, a, a greasy wig or curly hair wig or something. It's probably his hair. I'm probably just being a, a huge asshole. But him, he's kind of like when he hands it over. Come on, my payment is a kiss on the cheek. Come on, <laughs> like dork. I don't know. Uh... <laughs> Maybe that's when it was a comedy. I don't know. Yeah, and he's like flapping his arms like he's a bird. Like it, it's it's fun. It's like a nice dose of like. I think it's I think it's literally just like the working class are more fun than the than the bourgeois. Bu- I can never say that word right. Bourgeois. Bourgeois. But I think it's just like point out like the working class like mailman, is more lively and happier 
than like the than people with all the money and all the you know and all the the resources and like in and, and you know in theory they have everything but that they actually don't have everything. The second time I noticed that the family does not seem particularly it doesn't seem like they're struggling or anything like that like they they really needed this this man to come in and do it if if anything the only person who i think possibly needed to uh loosen up was was the maid or housekeeper or whatever she is well the daughter uh was terrified of men and like you, you know, like you get that very when she's with like her friends like her, her first the first thing you see, like she opens up her like school book or something. It's, it's just a big portrait of her dad, right? But she is, is hang, hanging out with that guy. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> but she doesn't seem that. Ha- well, she she seems fine with him, but she doesn't seem to like to want to. Like she, she's, uh, she's not hanging out with the other girls or anything like that yeah. either. And this, yeah, I think she's walking with the guy, and then you know. Like maybe testing her boundaries to see like if it's okay. But she's she's smiling when she I don't know uh, she like walks away from him and then she turns around smiles at him and says something we can't hear because there's no dialogue. So I don't it, I don't remember what happens in the middle now. Uh, but it, it's same thing with the son. Like if anything, the son had this like change in his personality before he was just a he seemed like a happy-go-lucky schoolboy. I don't know. Yeah, like I Okay, so uh what what's your like gut reading on this the whole this stranger in white appears who who like seduces the whole family? Like what what's your take on that? Like do you think it's do you think it's God? Do you think it's a fallen angel? Do you think he's just a charismatic guy who just hangs around for some reason? First of all, one of the, one of the fundamental truths I've come to uh, in recent months is that trying to make sense of movies, even movies that are thoroughly plot-driven, no, you know, the normal things. Like, if you can't follow the plot of... Uh, uh, the princess bride you're watching movies wrong kind of thing but mm-hmm. there's my reliance and everyone's reliance on plots making sense is kind of a misery thing especially when you try to get over analytical about yeah. like what what specifically happened or why would they do this if this happened it doesn't make any sense it doesn't make any sense of course it doesn't make any sense now that's not to say that, like I'm gonna find appreciation in in shit movies with shit plots. That's that's different. But so the answer is I don't know and I don't care. But would you be I seduced think, by uh, Terrence Stamp? It's Terrence Stamp. I mean, if he could <laughs> seduce those people, he's he's pretty good looking back then. Yeah. So what what about you? Do you have a name? Um. I think he's some sort of spiritual being of some kind. I don't know if it's like the exact nature of it, mm-hmm. <laughs> given this well, like the religious themes that kind of uh, happen throughout the movie. But like, like the spirit of the working class or something, because if this this is the destruction of the bourgeois family, like what? what would it take to make them realize that their lives needed to be changed in some fundamental way? Yeah. Because, like, I mean, this is kind of a movie that, like, like we had Sam Deegan on a while ago, and, like, um, with, like, and she likes to get over analytical stuff, and, like, Pasolini, she has that as, like, her favorite director, and seeing this is, like, okay, I get it, because, like, her tendency to be over-analytical is, like... And I think this is the type of thing you kind of have to be over-analytical to some degree to, like, engage with it, because it's so sparse. Wait. Why do you have to be over-analytical about it? 
because it gives you so little, so you so it forces you to really just like look at everything. But at the same time, there's the element of like it's just also pretty to look at, and it's like almost the first half is almost a silent film. Mm-hmm. So and I have a, I have a, a lot of feelings on this. I'm trying to parse through. I feel like Laventura also gave us little to work with other than what we were seeing, you know, with pretty looking and stuff like that. But it... It wasn't as funny. That's true, but I... My problem is that um, I don't... Like I said, I, I feel that goes along with the plot. Like, do I need to know, like, if this is the reference to this? Like, I can think all that stuff like out. But... I don't necessarily think. I, I don't. I don't know what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is. It's. I think this movie is enjoyable on its own, as like I said, as a dark comedy, without getting into what he was actually trying to say as an artist. Yeah. And that's the like I said. That, that's also how I feel about Laventura. But. Um, yeah, I mean, like. Uh, another funny moment is the seduction of the of the boy who I think in one review said he's college he's supposed to be in college but I don't know where they, they got that from it's it's vague but like like the whole really awkward seduction where he like they, they get naked together and then he like yeah. looks under the covers and it's like what did you think he, he wasn't gonna wake up mm-hmm it's it makes sense to me. I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. Flawless victory. All right. But um, like the. I'm gonna go with this. <laughs> uh, do you relate to any of the characters? I wrote a bunch of questions just to see. If, to get where sure. I'm. Sure. Uh, what. Next question is what? What do you think their favorite salad dressing is? <laughs> now, did you, did you find the family relatable, or do you think on there on purpose not meant not to be that relatable? Well, we know nothing about any of these characters, literally any of these characters, which is, uh, so, I, I can't remember what it, maybe so, something I was reading about this was like talking about the results of each of their changes and things like that and and there's kind of like some shade thrown at the mom who's now finding young men to sleep with and stuff like that and it's like i don't know what she was like before and i don't know like what it's like now i'm not gonna throw any shade on somebody with like what their level of happiness or unhappiness is and i guess on the surface level everybody looks happy before the stranger comes around and gives everybody the stranger but <laughs> yeah. i don't know he owns he owns a factory they go to school she's mom housekeeper's the housekeeper the, ho- the housekeeper has the deepest richest story we we learn about the the village that she came from you know yeah. she's yeah, the we know she's class deeply one. religious you know yeah. she's got impeccable fashion <laughs> yeah, the working class one is like the most developed one of the whole family. Yeah, and therefore is the one that gets the real gift. Yeah, she. Well, she's... although you could you could argue that the boy also gets a pretty damn good gift. Yeah, which uh, I wondered like the type of art he was doing, which it looked. Uh, I'm not to say it, it looked bad or good, but it's kind of I'm watching it like if I knew more about art, I sure I could get more out of this but i'll say but i don't fully get it but i'm okay saying i don't fully get like the art subplot yeah well <clears throat> pissing on a canvas is usually not what people do but you know you're kind of going for a, a jackson pollock kind of thing that sarah was saying some other mm-hmm. ones but you know is multi um, multimedia in there because he had those glass panels that he was painting on and then he also had those like sculptures that we don't know what they are but the colors somehow wrapping around each other based on where he was putting the layers 
Hmm. Like, I, I think that's pretty impressive, even if you don't know about art. Yeah, it was impressive. But at the same time, I'm watching, like, I want to, like, take art classes and learn, like, how to do art. You should. We should. Let's all take it. Yeah. Um, uh, okay, you covered some of that. Um, uh, I, I still have some more stuff to get into, but this sounds like a wrap-up wrap up question, but... It's not. Um, are you open to more Pasolini after this? Oh no, I'm now. I'm pretty interested. Yeah, to see if he has ever made a good movie. Um, I Salo is a good movie, but that <laughs> I don't. I don't think it's a bad movie. I just, uh, you know, I I give it three out of five, which for me is like, yeah, I liked it. Um, I don't know if you would like it, but I liked it. <laughs> I mean, like, Salo's the only other one I've seen, and that one uh, I like more. That's kind of over a dark comedy, like going like the, the blackest of black comedy you can go mm-hmm. with, with one character in particular. Mm. And uh, that one is more, like, more flat angry. And uh, I think it's probably a little easier, but easier to grasp. At the same time, it's... Um, I'll say it like the whole like shit eating scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I before I saw I I heard it was like chocolate pudding, and when you after learning that, it's like oh, it's not that gross because <laughs> there's just chocolate pudding. No, oh, okay, so they couldn't even pull off a John Waters there. Uh, that Pasolini was a little more professional than John Waters. Way to go. I bet that's why why he even put that scene in that movie. It was like fuck this guy. <laughs> I'll show you. <laughs> Uh, I won't be surprised. <laughs> yeah. National yeah. treasure. Uh, yeah. And, um... I don't know, but, but like, I like the the, the way Pasolini ha- uh, movies look, the two I've seen, which is it's very... Um, it's very stark. It's very, like... Uh, like, this is said a lot. Uh, like, it feels like a painting, but it feels like a... Not, not not lifeless, but it feels like it feels lifeless, but it feels lively at the same time, in a way that I can't really re- put into words. Personally, I know I know what you're saying. Yeah, like it, 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 I kind of feel like you can kind of express this movie as that layered art that guy was doing. It's motionless. It's obviously a creation by man. You won't you wouldn't mistake this for reality, but there is life in in the frames in a different way like the yeah or we're both full of shit i don't know yeah who knows but kind of like pasolini like 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 how i am with with with, uh leventer which is not a fan at all um like i know like there are people there with pasolini they're like fuck this shit it makes no sense it, it makes me feel dumb or whatever. Like I can see someone just having a harsh reaction to, to something like this, and just not being willing to to like surrender over to. Uh, to it. I feel bad that somebody would watch this and think that they felt dumb, because, as I as I said, you don't have to get anything. Like yeah. there's not you don't have to look for a meaning. Like it's it's essentially plotless. Except it's a series of of one action concluding into or going into another action, uh, but you wouldn't say there's a story, um, and you don't have to know anything about Italy or filmmaking. Like it's just a movie. Yeah. Oh, we also didn't mention the there are these flashes to whenever, I think it's for it's before and after there the sex scenes. You get these cuts to. Um, Mount Etna, the volcano. Mm-hmm. Um, I was trying to piece together, like, is that, like, because I wonder how I was thinking, like, is that supposed to be, like, maybe, like, a state of mind of, like, them, like, I don't know, like, maybe, like, literally like, burning down, like, the ideas of, like, class and whatever they have in their head before. Again, like you can overthink this a lot, or in some, or you can just be like, however, the it looks pretty when they're like all the vol- all the volcano stuff. So yeah, you I give don't, me a headache. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. 
I don't. Yeah, I don't know if it's if if it's worth it, man. Let's let's just go yeah. watch Taken or something. Okay. Although I I have uncomfortable feelings about that movie. As an uh, I saw it adult. once and I found it. I saw it when it first came out and I almost fell asleep watching it. I don't know how that's possible. I Liam Neeson was, like hurts people. I thought it was uh, very dull at the time. Mm. I have never done uh, that. Oh man, what's that actor's name? He shows up. The guy from uh, he's in Terminator Two and uh, Robert Patrick. No, uh, he's he plays this John Connor's stepdad Terminator Two, and he is in. Oh, he's in Candyman. He's the husband. Oh, he has a ridiculous name. That's hard to remember. Uh, it's not even important. I don't even remember what I was talking about. Hmm. All right. Uh, not James Remar. Get out of my head. Do did you like the style of like the very like stark like very distant, um, uh, like way of shooting people? Like there aren't really that many close ups. And Solo is the same thing. Like it's a lot of these wide shots of a room or of an area, and like you don't really get uh close-ups or really intimate moments it's all very cold and distant I, I did like it because it felt original to me to hold a frame and just like allow the action to happen without camera movement without reaction shots you know there, a lot of mood going just from the music the, they, they use the uh, Mozart's uh, Requiem right uh, yeah. Whatever it is, and Marconi does like a fun jazzy score mm-hmm. to it. Yeah, I really yeah that four piece jazz set is is pretty entertaining. And I feel like I've heard it like used somewhere else too. I mean, Marconi did plagiarize himself from time right. to time. Yeah, but the the Mozart one, I think of as the music that Lydia Deeds is writing her suicide <laughs> note by in Beetlejuice. Uh, <laughs> do you think uh, do you think Burton is a, a Pasolini fan? What is Burton? I mean, you know, he's obviously a he's an artsy fartsy type of dude. What's that? He's an artsy fartsy type of dude. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm uh, to... German I expressionism. Was... That's what I was saying. Uh, so. Yeah. Uh, what was it? Um, Batman Returns. He. Uh, it was an interview with one of their screenwriters for it, and they and they were talking about working with Burton. And at some point, Burton said to said to them, "Hey, don't you think we should just call it like movie? Does movie even need a title anymore? Just call it movie." Yeah, which is like, oh, Tim Burton is exactly <laughs> what I thought he would be like. He's railing against it back then, but at some point, he was like, "Ah, fuck it." Probably when he got married. <laughs> Yeah, or he didn't get married. Uh, they just like were together, right, with and had kids together. I don't know. Yeah, I wish he made good. Well, uh, what's the last? Uh, Frank Weenie's great. The mm. the new one, but besides that, I haven't really bothered with any of the new ones. The last one I saw was Big Eyes, which was not good. Yeah. Uh, I think he ran out, of, ran out of Crave Juice a while ago, unfortunately. Mm. Well, yeah, I think it's he was pro- he's probably one of those people who uh, can only be inspired uh, by not having an infinite budget, you know, making making choices for what he wants with what he has. Yeah, or uh, uh, like on Spike Lee season, like. Spike Lee really d- sometimes needs someone to be like, "Are you sure this is you want to do this?" Mm-hmm. But Tim Burton has more. It, it, there's more of a risk with Tim Burton like going too far than Spike Lee going too far. I think I no one ever told Spike Lee not to do stuff because otherwise you would ne- <laughs> wouldn't have that uh, Anthony Mackie CGI sperm picture you use. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, not as much. I use a different... Oh, this relates to another point. I use another picture from Killing of Sacred Deer when mm. Martin... Oh, the spaghetti mouth? 
Yeah, with Ian Spaghetti. That's why I didn't see that movie. I was like, hell no, I ain't watching you do that. I think it's the scene where you meet his mom and she tries to seduce Colin Farrell. And it's really awkward. But uh, I think Yorgos Lanthimos is a Pasolini fan. Sure. Because Killing a Sacred Deer is kind of the same thing. uh, Of like a... A, a stranger, stranger comes into people's the presence ha- and yeah, and changes the family. And killing a sacred deer is yeah, and has a has an identical um, central idea, and it's also very cult. You know, you've seen the favorite. Like his stuff is kind of distant and um, darkly humorous. Yeah, and killing sacred deer is, I think, <laughs> is one of the. F- one of one of the finest movies I've seen in the past, of uh, uh, the last decade to me, and like it's just so uh, wonderfully darkly, uh, it's it's like as as dark a comedy you can go without it going too far. Sure. And like the Martin kid is basically like the opposite of Terrence Stamp here, where instead of being like this handsome stranger who can like seduce everyone, it's this weird awkward kid who <laughs> somehow like. Uh, forces this father to make a make a choice where it's mm. like how does kid like change his family but you never get a clear answer also but uh yeah yeah I feel like we're wrapping up but uh, I wanted to um this was um uh, Teorama is the first Pasolini with a cast of professional actors before this he would use non-actors mm. um uh, the guy who played Angelino uh, was in multiple uh, um, of Pasolini movies and he uh, one of his kids is named I think is named after Pasolini because I found multiple pictures of them together and one of his kids is named like Pier Paolo um, whatever his last name was uh, Davoli I think it was Davoli <coughs> This is uh, the one who played Angelino? Yes. Okay. Who is still alive. Giovanni Ivan Scratulia. Alright. Django. Django, prepare a coffin. Once yeah. upon a time in the West. This guy's been around. Yeah. And his... That poofy hair is apparently real. Not a wig. Mm-hmm. Well... Uh, give, give me a pair of clippers. I'll fix this problem. <laughs> okay. Um, but uh, wait, this movie is available. Uh, it was unavailable for a long time, but it's streaming. And there's a Blu-ray from last year that Criterion put out. Mm. That uh, uh, I I'm not in a big rush to get it, but if it was like. If I it, like, you know, when things are back to normal, if like Barnes and Nobles had like a big sale, and there's a couple left, I'd be like, yeah, why not? Sure, yeah. but it's not at the top of my list. Right. Yeah, I that's that's about how I feel about it. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. Like, uh, we have two other um, Pasolini scheduled to earlier ones, but it mm. kind of really depends on availability if. Um, if they're still streaming or whatever, and we get to them, which who knows? I I, I don't really know. Yeah. So nineteen six. Oh, any comparison to the Bride War Black? Is there any comparison to the Bride War Black? Oh wow, uh, that's a difficult question you just asked me. Is there any? I mean, um, they do both kind of. You were saying about wide shots. I think that the Bride War Black does do that uh, pretty often, where you're seeing our, uh, the protagonist of that going in between places to, uh, to make whatever her crazy way is. And <clears throat> yeah. Um, and the un- yeah, between the two actress like the actress in the Bride War Black and kind of the maid but also the mom here there's this unemotional or there's this lack of emotion in their like 
expressions like this tiredness that's the same too but uh story wise no i don't think so yeah thematically not really mm-hmm. barbara black you know it, 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 it's an episode is uh based off a book that is you know just fine until like the last chapter when it totally shits the bed mm-hmm. and then this is like um Tirama is like a political, social, like religious m- mystery drama. I don't know. It, mm. it defies classification. Like, uh, like some of it kind of feels like like a like uh an uh an art exhibit installation, which is not a, a bad thing, but kind of does feel like that uh, to some degree. <clears throat> Uh, like a museum exhibit. Yes. Like uh, like the late era, like the, the okay. yeah, like the Seijin Suzuki eighties, uh, Teishao trilogy, where it's like they they they're more just like, uh, like art exhibit pieces than they are like movies. But sure. I I I, I kind of like that for the most part, and like in this case, like yeah, it works. Uh, I'll probably watch it a third time, and I do want to get more into Pasolini to see like the trilogy of life stuff and some of the other yeah. stuff he did. I'm interested in um, Gospel According to Matthew. Is that one we're doing? No, but we you can tw- we can switch it out for something else. Oh, I'll just watch it on my own. I don't mind. Okay, yeah, I do plan on watching that one. I do want to see a socialist. Um, Christ movie. Mm-hmm. All right, and um, nineteen sixty-eight. We kind of went over a bunch of uh, a bunch of it last episode, but mm-hmm. there was okay. Um, I'm not sure which in the series it is, but there is a. F- the Ursa K. Le Guin book from this year. It's A Wizard of Earthsea. But I have to see which one is series it is. I think. Uh, okay, that is the first one in the series. Mm. And uh, I, it's one I bought a few years ago because uh, Ursa K. Le Guin wrote uh, one of my favorite books ever The Lathe of Heaven. Which I haven't seen the TV adaptations of yet. Uh, the old one or the new one. But, uh... Uh, yeah, it's Ursula K. Le Guin. She died a couple of years ago. But, uh... A uh, great writer. Int- great ideas. Like, great science fiction. And that's right, like, great books in general. And, uh... You know, if you haven't read any of her stuff, you know, just... You can kind of pick up anywhere, really, with her. Alright. And I think Do Android's <coughs> Dream of Electric Sheep came out this year? Dream of Electric Sheep came out this year? Prolific at the time. That I that, that I'm not sure the the years on some of them. Okay, Phil uh yes, uh, my take say is six eight is a year of Do Android's Dream of Electric Sheep. Alright. I'll which, take your word for it. Which, which, you should probably read at some point just to see how it compares to the movie. I've I started it one time and I didn't get very far into it because honestly I have a, a hard time reading <laughs> uh, science fictiony stuff when it's on top of like using literary techniques techniques where you're. It's it's a bit more difficult to follow if you're not used to it, which is typically what I am. Not used to it, that is. Yeah. Okay, and there's Galactic Pot Healer from uh, that was yeah from around I think from that year too, which the Pink Smoke did a really good episode on Philip K. Dick, and they talked about specifically Galactic Pot Healer, mm. which is a uh, really, like, that's a good one to start with. I started with the Zap Gun, which is the wrong one to start with if you read Phil K. Dick. 
Mm. But yeah, I, I just have those uh, those books. Honestly, I, I yeah, that's it. Anything for you? TV, movies. I don't know. Uh, I'm looking right now at things that happened in 1968. I didn't talk about Targets last time, or that, mm. the movie Targets, did I? Last season you did, but not this season. Oh, that's funny. Okay, well, it's still really good. <laughs> you can get it. Like I, I don't know how much crossover there will be. No, you you don't you don't think our listeners go back and listen to all our episodes? That kind of uh, makes me really upset. I don't, some of them do. <laughs> I think I'll be okay. Yeah, okay, so. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. You know, Beatles. I heard they're pretty good. Yeah, those Beatles movies that apparently people, uh. Up on. I, I never saw those movies as a kid. <clears throat> Let's see. Comics in 1968. Comic characters introduced in 1968. Ooh, there's a lot. Um. Oh, sna- sna- Snappy, Sp- Snappy Sammy Smoot was introduced. Mm-hmm. And, uh,. The Grim Reaper. Yeah, I, he is still a Marvel character. Batlash. The Whip. Yes. Oh, oh my gosh. This is this is important. Mm-hmm. The character Vision from the Avengers movies and such was introduced in 1968. So what I'm going to recommend is, Wanda. is WandaVision. Because it's good. Okay, that's it. It is good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I was. It's a Marvel thing, so I was like, oh no, I've seen, a, I've seen a lot of Marvel things. Then I watched yeah. it like, oh, it's different. It's kind of turning into typical Marvel stuff. So I, I, I'm a little iffy on like, I don't know if I want to continue after last episode. But uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, what. It, it's not what you think it is, but uh, what it, I don't know. It's getting a little. It's getting a little like marvelly for me with like the magic stuff, and it's like I like it when it's like goofy stuff. Nah, we'll get into it after. The, yeah. I know. I don't spoil anything for anybody. Listeners, write in today. Oh, the next pairing is, I believe, the return of Sam Deegan. It will be. Um, uh, what's that guy called? A Jacques Rivette. His first movie, Paris, belongs to us. Jacques Rivette. Yes. Maker of Celine and Dion go to Canada. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nope, uh, wrong one. It's um, Hiroshima Monomore. Oh, you picked the good one. Just kidding. That's that sounds no. You're gonna make me sad. Well, it's that's fine. It's thematic. We need tied, to watch it. Tied into her um her book that's coming out this year, which maybe by this yeah. point it's come out. I don't know. Pre-order it or order it. I don't know the release date for it. And uh, we we have to watch it because our first season was on Japanese movies. For God's sake. Yeah, and um, the other Italian Italian movie is General Della. Uh, Re- it's a Rossellini movie. If it's still available when we record, yeah, then maybe I might change it out depending on availability. If I made a list like uh, almost a year ago, so you know how streaming works. Mm-hmm. We can discuss uh, uh, otherwise if it's not available for a replacement sounds good yeah so I don't know watch watch Teorama watch um Sallow if you can can stomach it uh Uh Pride War Black you know that's a really interesting movie it's a really good movie but it also doesn't really work in a 
weird way mm. too. Whatever. Uh, be smart. Don't do dumb shit. Yes. Okay. Stop it. Cast has. The show can be found on Twitter at Piano Player Pod. Our email is still highlowpod at gmail.com. You can find a show on Spotify, Podbean, and various other places where you can find podcasts. Our intro music is by Vivian Fop, and our cover art is by Sarah Roberts. You can find her art, sarahkathleenroberts.com. And thank you for listening.